Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Autoimmune disease is the third most common illness after heart disease and cancer. Currently, over 100 diseases are related to autoimmunity, which is when the body turns against itself and attacks healthy tissue. Finding a diagnosis and treatment with conventional medicine can leave most people frustrated and feeling hopeless. Joining us next is Dr. Akil. His new book, The Tiger Protocol, offers an integrative approach to health and wellness by focusing on the interconnections between the body, mind, and spirit. The acronym TIGER stands for toxins, infections, gut health, eat right, and rest. Today, we're going to learn about these five key areas of focus and how to apply them so you can reach your optimal health and wellness. You'll learn groundbreaking holistic strategies on preventing and even reversing autoimmune disease. Don't go anywhere. This life-changing interview starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a Harvard-trained physician who practices integrative medicine, blending his conventional medical expertise with holistic approaches, including functional medicine and nutrition. After Harvard, he went on to earn his MD degree from the University of California, San Francisco, and completed a family medicine residency training at Stanford University. He then graduated with a fellowship in integrative medicine with Dr. Andrew Weil at the University of Arizona and received certification in mind-body medicine from the Georgetown University Center. His last book, Paleovetic Diet, offered a complete program to burn fat, increase energy, and reverse disease. And his latest book is called The Tiger Protocol, a five-step program to treat and heal your autoimmunity. Welcome to the show, Dr. Akil Palanwasami. Thank you so much, Dr. Friedman. Great to be on the show with you. It's great to have you with us. Now, autoimmune disease is such an important topic. First, share with us what inspired you to write The Tiger Protocol. Yes. Over the past 20 years in my practice, I've just begun to see more and more patients with autoimmune disease. And, you know, in conventional treatment, we have great drugs to suppress the immune system, to reduce symptoms, and they can be life-saving. But a lot of my patients were hungry for more holistic treatments, you know, what they could do with their diet, with their lifestyle, with their stress. And so over those years, I just, it organically evolved that I started to see more patients with autoimmune disease and then implementing this, what would we become the TIGER protocol would lead to good improvement in their symptoms. And then they would tell their friends and through word of mouth that has become the focus of my practice. And then I just wanted to make this protocol more widely available beyond the patients I see in clinic. Yeah, I really enjoyed your book. I was very happy to see that first step on your protocol focuses on toxins. And I have a personal reason for that. I developed a severe autoimmune disease from contaminated water. Share with us how environmental toxins can cause autoimmune response in the body and what are some proactive steps we can take to avoid them? Yeah, and sorry to hear about that, Dr. Friedman. I know water is a big topic. The toxins are, we're not talking about the what most people think of like cigarette smoke or alcohol. We're talking about low levels of environmental pollutants that are present in the drinking water, present in the food supply, present in the air. And all of us are exposed to these low level chronically. It's kind of unavoidable. You know, when they've done studies, like 95% of people have a lot of these in their blood. So my whole approach with toxins is to 
teach people that they impact not only autoimmune disease, but also heart disease, which is still the biggest killer of people worldwide. They also contribute to obesity. There are toxins called obesogens, which disrupt your metabolism. And then they also contribute to diabetes. There are toxins called diabetogens that worsen your blood sugar. So I think you get so many benefits. And my approach is teaching people how to boost their body's intrinsic detox capacities and reduce exposure to toxins overall. That's great. Now, a lot of these toxins, they're called forever chemicals. That's a scary word, Doc, because that means they have a hard time breaking down. Can people detox their way away from forever for these stubborn chemicals? Yes, I think that adding additional detox supports can really accelerate that. So the normal, for example, the normal half-life of lead, the heavy metal in the body, is 30 years through normal detox. It's quite slow. But if you can increase some of these foods that help your liver detoxification, like the cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, those are great for the liver. If you can increase beet greens, which are the leafy tops at the beetroot, that's great for your methylation, which also helps detox. So adding in all these great foods and then sweating more through either sauna or exercise or um, steam room or a hot bath, sweating has been proven to be a great way to detoxify as well. So I do think we can have an impact with those things. So you're saying that pigs have all these forever chemicals forever because they don't sweat, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Yes, and uh, other reasons too. (laughs) Exactly. Let me me ask you, I love the quote from Hippocrates, the father of medicine. He said, all disease begins in the gut, and modern science has proven him to be spot on. And in, in your book, you talk a lot about leaky gut and how it may contribute to autoimmune disease. Share with us, why is that an important focus for us to focus on leaky gut? What is leaky gut? So the reason why it's important is because autoimmune disease is a slow process that develops over 10, 20, even 30 years, according to the research, from the first moment that antibodies appear in the blood to the final diagnosis of a disease. But that means that we have a lot of room to intervene to prevent the development or progression of autoimmune disease. And the very first step is what you had mentioned, leaky gut, which is basically increased permeability of the intestine. So the normal gut lining is supposed to be like a brick wall, you know, not letting anything through unless the cells choose to do so. But with leaky gut, you get these microscopic holes in which are like, you know, gaps in bricks in the wall. And then through those into the blood, you can start seeing entry of bacteria, undigested food, toxins, right into the bloodstream. And then that causes your immune system to overreact because all of a sudden it's seeing all these foreign proteins. And that has kind of been proven now to be the first step in development of autoimmune disease. That's great. Share with us about gluten sensitivity. I know some say it started with agricultural practices originating 10,000 years ago, but that just doesn't explain where our, our grandparents had no issues digesting gluten-containing grains like we do today. In fact, I had no problems until my gut got sick. Could intestinal permeability and, and gluten sensitivity be due to modern-day exposure to these toxins? Oh, yes. I definitely think that's a factor. So with gluten, we know that 
wheat has evolved a lot genetically in terms of genetic modification over the years. And so it has a lot more gluten now than 100 years ago, just the way it's been processed. And also, I think that when, you know, many of my patients, when they eat wheat in Europe, like when they travel to Italy, uh, they seem to tolerate a lot better than the gluten and the wheat in the US. And I think it's because of additives, because of the way that those foods that contain gluten are processed and there are a lot more additives that are allowed in the U.S. than in Europe, and I think that's a really big factor. But you're right, the microbiome makes a huge difference in how much you can process food and even what foods you can tolerate. Yeah, so I think, like I said, then uh, when I had my guts, I used to be able to do gluten fine, and then it, it did affect me. So I was just wondering if you, um, that autoimmune, and so many people with autoimmune, they say stay away from gluten, and that could be a reason. Let me ask about the G and Tiger, good food, right? What are some samples of good food? You named a few for detox. Is there any others that really help combat the autoimmune response? Absolutely. Yeah. Food is kind of my favorite topic. So the book, I've listed hundreds of different options for great healing foods and also 35 recipes from my own kitchen. And so with foods, I break it up into two that are especially beneficial for autoimmune disease. One is fermented foods, which includes like your sauerkraut, yogurt, kimchi, kefir, and so forth, because research shows that adding those to your diet actually reduces your inflammation, the chronic inflammation in the blood. There was a study which found that fermented foods reduced 19 different inflammatory markers over a three-month period. Plus, it's very good for your microbiome, which is your good bacteria diversity. And that's one of the key metrics for long-term health. So fermented foods are very powerful. And second are prebiotic foods. And I feel this is less well-known than with fermented foods. So that's why in my book, I go through all the different categories of prebiotics, like inulin-rich foods, polyphenol-rich foods, resistant starch, and the three different types of that. And then giving people choices. And some of them are surprising. Like, for example, with polyphenols, you may not know that chestnuts are one of the best nuts that contain polyphenols, which feed the microbiome. So it shouldn't just be a holiday thing. And clove powder is the richest spice that is a, a, even a pinch of that is going to do wonders for the polyphenols. And finally, I think that elderberry is actually the richest fruit source, even more than blueberries for polyphenols. So incorporating a wide variety of those foods can really help. Yeah, when it comes to autoimmunity, what's your view on this topic? I hear so many conflicting opinions. Coffee, good or bad? What's your opinion? Do we need that morning job or stay away if we're battling autoimmune disease? Great question. I don't think that there is a concern. I think that it mostly relates to GI issues. So a lot of people with autoimmune disease have the GERD or gastroesophageal reflux. They have esophagitis or gastritis or heartburn. And in those cases, avoiding coffee is probably a good idea because it's a something that can irritate the GI tract. So in the in the research, it's kind of mixed. So I think coffee consumption can protect you against certain diseases like multiple sclerosis, ulcerative colitis, and then it's not as well studied in other conditions. But I think overall, unless you're having a lot of gut issues, I don't think coffee is problematic. Yeah, I always say just let your body speak to you. If you drink coffee, you're jittery and you get the runs and your stomach's gurgling and you don't feel good, hey, coffee's not for you. Why force it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, sounds good. Talk to us about stress. Everyone seems more stressed these days than ever. And what role does stress play when it comes to autoimmune disease? 
Stress plays a big role. And usually when I talk about stress with my patients, you know, their eyes glaze over and they tune out because I feel like maybe they've I've heard so much about it. But the research is clear that stress is one of the causes for autoimmune disease, one of the triggers for the development of it, and also one of the causes for flare-ups and exacerbations once you do have an autoimmune disease. And research shows that tackling stress in many different ways can be effective. It doesn't have to be meditation if that's for you, although meditation has a lot of great research behind it now. It could be practices like journaling or prayer or gratitude practices, forgiveness practices, going out in nature, yoga or tai chi. I tell people to find something that they enjoy because that's the main factor that will lead you to do it regularly. And then that will help with preventing stress from building up in your system. Yeah, that's good advice. I always live by the mantra that has really helped me. If you can't change it, don't stress about it. And that alone has really eliminated 80% of my stress because, you know, things like being stuck in traffic, coworkers' bad attitude, a flight being delayed, you can't change these things. So what purpose does stressing about them serve? And, you know, that used to not be the old me, but I learned. I'm an A-type, Hong Hong Kong. I'm like, yeah, it's traffic's bad. When am I going to honk at the guy and get all stressed about? Just listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes, I do think the idea of my Mindset is very important, and that's key in terms of not stressing about things you can't change. And then also, I think the mindset that you believe that you can feel better, believe that you can improve your quality of life is very important because many of my patients have told me I'm the first doctor who's told them they could feel better. And that is, a, it's kind of scary, but it's an important mindset to start out with, to have that positive expectation. That's right. Now, you share in your book, there's over 100 diseases related to autoimmunity. And of course, this includes type 1 diabetes. But I've been reading a lot about LADA, latent autoimmune diabetes in adults, and some call it diabetes 1.5. What's your views on diabetes in adulthood from autoimmune response? Is that is that something that's the new form of looking at? Absolutely. It's called LADA, latent autoimmune diabetes of adults. So this is something that is in between type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease typically strikes in childhood, and then type 2 diabetes, usually in adulthood with the weight gain and so forth. But with LADA, the autoimmune diabetes actually is growing very rapidly. And it's not only because of these five drivers of autoimmunity, like in the TIGER protocol that are all worsening. It's like the perfect storm of factors to worsen autoimmune disease, but also the direct effect of the toxins like the diabetogens that disrupt our blood sugar control. And for all those reasons, I think this autoimmune diabetes is a big issue now. Yeah, great, great point. I've been hearing a lot about that. Let me ask you, when I mentioned you were on the show, I mentioned it in my Facebook group, I had the autoimmune disease expert on it and I uh, had a few questions come in. One was really interesting. I want to read it to you and get your, get your view. It's from Gary Ritchie from Sarasota, Florida. And he asked, Dr. Akil, I have rheumatoid arthritis, which my doctor tells me is due to an overactive immune system. During flu season, I wanted to take echinacea to help boost my immune system. And the label warned that people with autoimmune conditions can't take it. Please share why naturally boosting my immune system is a bad thing if I have an autoimmune condition. Great question there. And that's uh, something I'm interested in hearing your response on. Why is strengthening a hyperactive immune system bad? So with herbs and supplements, there's two categories. One are immune-stimulating herbs like echinacea and astragalus and certain 
things like that. And then the other are immune modulating herbs, which is where they can have a more beneficial effect. And so I do recommend avoiding those immune stimulating herbs like echinacea and astragalus because they can stimulate an already overactive immune system. But I think that the good thing is using foods, you're very safe because food is a way to modulate the immune system. Also, spices are a great way to modulate the immune system where it can improve the areas which are weak and ineffective without overstimulating the autoimmune component. So I think that's the difference there with immunomodulating foods and spices. Got it. What about elderberry? That's grown a lot of popularity for colds and flus. Is that something to avoid? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, because it's a food and it's a berry, it's not something that's been shown to worsen autoimmune disease. It reduces risk of flus and colds. And then it's a great source of polyphenols for those good bacteria. So there you go. You got your answer. It's uh, elderberry. Get rid of the echinacea. And you still have some fighting power. It's whole food. I love that. Talk to us about why it's so common for people to not get a proper diagnosis, myself included. I had a patient last week. She's had four different condition diagnoses in five years, and they finally ended up telling her she had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And why is it getting the right diagnosis and treatment plan so hit or miss when it comes to traditional medicine? Yeah, in fact, a study found that it takes the average person about three years and seeing four different doctors before getting the correct diagnosis of autoimmune disease. And often during that time, people are told that it's all in their head or that they're overall too concerned. But the challenge is that autoimmune disease can manifest in so many different ways with so many different symptoms. And there are over a hundred different autoimmune diseases. So I think diagnostically that presents a challenge to clinicians, but I think it's important to remember that the same five drivers of autoimmunity we're talking about apply to all autoimmune diseases across the board. So those are shared with everyone. Got it. Any particular tests that people can rely on to confirm they have an autoimmune disease? They look for inflammatory markers or is there, yeah, share with us what, what they should do. Exactly. Talk to your doctor and then there are tests which are called autoantibodies tests, which are autoimmune antibodies. And those, they don't mean you automatically have an autoimmune disease, but that there is some activity or tendency to that in the body. And that can be a clue. Ideally, if you catch that at the earliest stage, then implementing the TIGER protocol, I've had many patients that have prevented autoimmune disease and in some cases reversed that autoantibody where have it go back to normal. So I think autoimmune antibodies are a good way to start and then always work with your doctor about interpretation because that does take uh, clinical skill. Do you think autoimmunity is a modern issue? Do you think our great-grandparents had it? We, they just weren't diagnosed? Or really, did they were absent of this common ailment now that everybody seems to have? No, I think it's a real increase. Some conditions have increased by 500% in the past few decades, and then others have even increased by like 2,000%. So it's not something that is an old condition because the rates are skyrocketing and going up so rapidly. So I think it's because of our modern lifestyle and all these five factors that are driving autoimmune disease that are all causing this increase. Plus, your last tiger particle stands for rest, and people are lacking rest. They're putting these cell phones in their face at night. They're bombarded with EMFs and texting and TikToking. Explain that. Why is rest? And people do have a hard time sleeping now. What do you think the issue is? 
for sure. Proper rest encompasses good sleep and also some type of mind-body technique. And with sleep, I think the circadian rhythm is most important. So a couple of tips to help improve that. One is uh, early morning sun exposure, like get outside within a couple hours of waking up. And that actually entrains your brain to set a proper circadian rhythm and then will stimulate melatonin production later that night. So getting outdoors during the morning, then trying to limit your screen time because all those screens emit blue light, which actually suppresses melatonin. So if you can avoid screens for a couple hours before bed, that will improve sleep as well. Yeah. And so I've read some research on the blue light. You got to be specifically carry. I was at a, a hotel. I couldn't sleep two, three in the morning. I got to be up at class. I'm like, why can't I? So I look up and the smoke alarm had a little blue light that was on. I go, no way. So I went up, quite chewed a piece of gum and I went up and stuck it over. I didn't have any tape or anything. I fell right asleep. It's that little blue light that kept me awake. Who would have known? Exactly. And that's the same light that's coming from our cell phones and tablets and PCs. Exactly. Such a good point. Time just flew by in the minute we have left. Anything else you'd like to share about your uh, new book or autoimmune disease that we didn't discuss? Yes. I want to have a positive message for people because I, I know it can be overwhelming to think about all of these factors. There's so many toxins. There's so much issues with our food supply. But the research shows that making changes can actually lead to pretty rapid results. So for example, switching to a more organic diet actually lowers pesticide levels in the urine by 60% in just one week. And if you clean up your personal care products, like removing parabens and phthalates from them, then in just three days, there's a almost 50% reduction in, in urine levels. So the body has these capacities to heal and detoxify. And if you know the right tricks to you know, improve those factors, then it, it can really make, make a difference. So I want to have that optimistic outlook to close with. Yeah, great info. You know, you share in your book how traditional medicine usually fails to focus on the root cause and quality of life, which of course your book does. But when someone asks me, who's the best doctor? I always say, look in the mirror. That's the best doctor. You, you have the ultimate power to fuel or combat disease. So I give you big kudos for putting together this amazing Tiger protocol to help people take control of their own health, the ultimate doctor that's within us. Yes, I totally agree with you, Dr. Friedman. Yeah, I think we should all be our own biggest advocates and also biggest cheerleaders for our own health. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you joining us and sharing such uh, valuable insights. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Friedman. The book is called The Tiger Protocol, a five-step program to treat and heal your autoimmunity. To learn more and get your copy, go to drakil.com. That's spelled A-K-I-L. And while there, make sure you uh, check out all the great resources that he has available from informative videos, articles, and recipes. And you can sign up for his free newsletter to stay up to date with all the latest in autoimmune health. And that website, again, is drakil.com. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Dr. Akil, and for my daily health posts, follow me at Dr. David Friedman, and on Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard something today that somebody you know needs to hear, you send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyogahealthradio.com and radiomd.com, and peruse our podcast library. Share these segments of interest with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. As I always say, sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to our podcast at I Heart Radio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.